I heard about a guy called um, Andy Park. He calls himself Mr. Christmas, and he has celebrated Christmas every single day of the year since 1994. So he um, has champagne, he sends himself cards, sends himself presents. Um, he reckons, they reckon he's eaten over 150,000 Brussels sprouts, 100,000 mince pies, and consumed gallons and gallons of sherry. Doctors have advised him not to, 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 to stop this, um, this pattern, this diet, as he's ballooned to over 19 stone. He has said that it is, um, it is hard to find a woman who wants to celebrate Christmas every single day. I think it might also have something to do with the sprouts. <laughs> but we can, um, when we get to these moments of Christmas, we can look for something about, about life and purpose in that. And that's the time we can look for not just at Christmas. As well as this kind of fanaticism, we see sometimes competition. I saw last week a, a Daily Mail headline. It says, sales of giant Christmas trees soar as families flock to buy enormous festive decorations so they can outdo their friends on social media. That was the headline in the Daily Mail. So take it with a pinch of salt. Um, and then this, this spending. I've heard about um, these two brothers. They were staying around their, their grandparents' house. And... Um, and just before bed, the, the one brother was praying really loudly next to his bed. Dear God, I pray for a new Nintendo. Dear God, please can I have a new bike with 24 gears? And his brother said, why are you shouting? God's not deaf. He said, I know God's not, but grandma is. But spending is such a part of the whole Christmas thing. There was an article in the um, Independent which talked about um, what, what will Christmas really cost you? Historically, one in five of us is still paying for last year's Christmas this year. And um, all the indicators point to a greater spend than ever this year, despite the, the fact that households have almost £1,000 more debt this December than this time in 2018. Nationwide Building Society. Any nationwide workers here tonight? Nationwide, they reckon that... Um, an average spend of people of £727 on Christmas, about two weeks the average take-home pay. And in this, there's this kind of this striving to get things right. If only I can get that right present, if only I can buy that one more thing, then everything will be, will be right, it will be what it should be. And actually that striving is something that we can feel at Christmas, but also at other times of the year. And for some people, Christmas is a really sad time. It's a really hard time. I heard about, about one call center that's open 24-7 throughout the year. And in March, when the Christmas day slots become available, they get filled up. Because people just can't quite face. Maybe family's difficult. Or life is difficult. Or you're not in a place where you'd love to be. Or maybe you're missing a loved one and you feel it especially at Christmas. You don't have to look very far to find articles um, about things like how you survive Christmas. And you think this wonderful, joyful thing can become quite heavy going. There's a struggle to it. So what is it all about? This, this whole Christmas story we heard read for us from two different passages of the Bible about this baby Jesus who was born 2,000 years ago, 2,000 miles away. Is it even true? And what difference could it make to my life? Now, in terms of historical evidence, there is an abundance of historical evidence for the life of Jesus, to the point where actually no serious historian would doubt that this person, Jesus, lived 2,000 years ago. Um, a guy called Josephus, who was a first century Jewish historian, so he wasn't a Christian, he wrote, um, There was about this time Jesus, a doer of wonderful works. 
Then he goes on to talk about his life, death, and resurrection. And lots of people, when you think about Jesus, um, but, but, but they can think, he seemed like a good guy, had some good things to say, some good teaching. But to take it any further, the idea that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is God himself, that it can make a difference to my life right now, seems a bit far-fetched. But there is a slight issue with that. Because if we label him a good moral teacher, his moral teaching is brilliant. To love your neighbor, to serve, to, to forgive. That kind of teaching, actually lots of our kind of moral code, even, even our laws are based on the teaching of Jesus. But he also said some crazy stuff. He said that he was the son of God. He said that he, could, he had the authority to forgive our sins. He said that, that when we die, he's going to judge the world. And what's going to matter is our relationship with him. If that isn't true, then he can't have just been a great moral teacher because that's not the sort of stuff a great moral teacher would say. And so we're left with this, this slight challenge. Either he was mad, or he was trying to con everyone, or there's some truth in it. I mean, we're only scratching the surface without these kind of questions, but I find it unlikely that he was mad because of the brilliant things that he said. And unlikely that he, was a, that he was trying to con people for two reasons. Firstly, his life fulfilled hundreds of Old Testament prophecies, including the sort of place and nature of his birth. But also, he followed it through all the way to death. So there isn't much in it for him, as a con artist, if he's going to die for it. And so we're left sometimes with this one option. Maybe it is true. Maybe at Christmas, Jesus really came... God himself, the Son of God, came to earth. And if that is true, what difference could it possibly make for us here in Swindon in 2019? I just want to look at one Bible verse. It's part of the reading that Danny read for us a moment ago from Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. And it says this. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. She will give birth to a son, and you have to name him Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. A few things. The first one that blows my mind is this idea, she's going to give birth to a son. That, that God himself is going to be born as a human, to live like one of us, experience the rubbish as well as the joys that we face. Now, it's, um, it's actually an unbelievable thought that... Um, that the God who spoke creation into being will step down into his creation. That's what we think about at Christmas. I heard a story recently. So it's, it's heartbreaking, but it gets happy, so you don't have to worry. But um, it was about a family who are having a really tough time. And, um, and the mum thought well, she was having such a bad time. She thought, actually, these guys would be better off without me. It wasn't true, but she really felt it in the moment. So she wrote them a note saying, I love you, but you're better off without me. I'm going to go. And she left. And, um, and the dad and, and the kids came home and they were completely heartbroken, distraught, didn't know what to do when they found this note. So they tried phoning her and um, no response. They tried emailing her, didn't get back to them. Various social media ways of getting in touch, but she didn't respond. Eventually they hired a private detective. They found out where she was living and um, they got in their car and went there. And when they found her, she was so pleased to see them. She gave them a big hug. And they said, well, you come home. And she said, I'd love to come home. So she got in the car. They went back. And they began the process of rebuilding their lives together. And they asked her later, listen, we phoned you. We emailed you. We emailed it. We emailed you. We got in touch. And, and you didn't come then. But why did you come this final time? And she said, well, 
It was when you came in person. And that's what happened at Christmas. Jesus didn't stand a long way, God didn't stand miles away and shout at us. He came in person. That's what Christmas is about. Emmanuel, God with us. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Now, um, names, have, um, names have meanings. My dad's name was Philip. That means lover of horses. He didn't actually like horses, so that didn't work. But um, the name Jesus means God is salvation. God is salvation. And it goes on because he will save people from their sins. Now, sin is... It's not something we talk about a lot in, um, in 2019 in, in Swindon, as sin. It's a, it feels like a bit of a sort of Victorian word. Um, in fact, when I lived in Cape Town for a little while, and there was an ice cream shop there called Sinful Ice Cream. This idea that it was so good there had to be something bad about it. But, um, and sometimes we do think there is some sort of satisfaction in, in sin, in, in, in stuff that can hurt. But actually, sin is the stuff that breaks down relationships. It's the stuff that hurts people. It's the stuff that breaks down society. And it's the stuff that puts a barrier between us and God. That's what it is. And Jesus came to save people from that stuff. To do something about that barrier. We could do nothing. But Christmas tells us that Jesus came to do something about it. And this impacts our life in a whole bunch of ways. I just want to just run after three just for a couple of minutes. And the one is, is, is this thing about eternity. Just put out that picture, Ben. Um, every Christmas, and there's me on the end in the, with the curtains, on the glasses. Every Christmas for the last 20 years, I think back to this Christmas, 20 years ago, 1999. So that's my dad, and this was our last Christmas with dad. So, actually this was a couple of weeks before Christmas, but you're getting the point. Um, so 11 days after Christmas, having fought with prostate cancer, dad died. And then lots of you here tonight will have very similar experiences. And at Christmas, you go back to these kind of moments and these kind of people who you love and care for. And, um, and there's something sad about it. But actually, for us, there's also something so joyful and hopeful. Because my dad knew the Jesus that came at Christmas. I do too. So we have this glorious hope that when I die, we're going to be together with God. And that brings us great joy that because Jesus came... I can be with God forever. That is a huge place of joy and hope for me, rather than sadness. Thanks, Ben. Another thing is our relationship with God. That actually, Jesus came to earth so we could have a relationship with him. And it is a, it is a, a crazy idea, it seems, that God will want a relationship with me. That God will want to know you, to be in your life, to speak with you, to guide you, to, to be in every situation, to, to face the challenges and joys with you. But he really, really does. In fact, God was so desperate for a relationship that he came at Christmas. That was what it was about. We couldn't earn it. We couldn't deserve it. It wasn't a friendship that, um, that we could ever have. But because Jesus came... We can be friends with God. And that shifts things in our lives. That gives us a new sense of purpose. I talked a little bit about Andy Park trying to find his purpose in Christmas. Well, we can find our purpose in our relationship with God. And it can take us to all kinds of crazy places. Um, chat to some of your Christian friends. They'll tell you some of the places that they've been in their relationship with God. 
because that's part of the adventure. And then the other one is um, peace right here and now. When the angels turned up to the shepherds in the Christmas story, they said, peace on earth. And you see, because we get to have a relationship with God, we get to have a new peace. That's part of what Jesus, the Savior, does. He gives us a new peace. You know, life is stressful. It's, the commentators talk about millennials, people born between the 80s and the 2000s, and um, they talk about them as generation fear. Because life is scary. There's stuff bombarding people from left, right, and center all the time. There's comparison. There's challenge. There's the world. There's climate change. There's all this stuff. But actually, Jesus came so we can have peace. So we can have peace. So that we can know that whether today goes brilliantly or terribly, we are loved. That whether we, we do everything right or we get everything wrong, that we are forgiven. That whether we achieve our dreams or we fail miserably, that we know where we stand with God. I've got a friend who's a lawyer and he works in, it's very busy and competitive and they work long hours and, and the sort of clients they're working with are multi-million pound things all the time. It's big stakes every single day. And it, one of his friends asked him, he says, why doesn't this stuff stress you out? He works very hard, but the reason it doesn't stress him out is because he doesn't get his identity from stuff. He doesn't get his identity from trying to achieve stuff from his various goals at work. He gets his identity from knowing that he is loved by God. And that is a new kind of peace that you and I can enjoy. You know, we did Secret Santa and with our work colleagues, I don't know if anyone's done Secret Santa. And you get this question sort of, what do you get for someone who's got everything? Maybe you've got a family member like that. What do you buy for someone who's got everything? Well, actually, the gift for someone who's got everything, or someone who's got nothing, or anyone in between, is Jesus. The gift that really satisfies. The gift that really makes a difference now and forever. And it's a free gift. I remember when I used to meet, I used to meet Santa, and um, I've always loved Santa. I still do, actually. I get quite excited if we ever see him. Um, I, I, we, we, we met one the other night. He was dressed in green. That was a bit confusing. But you know, like when you used to sit on Santa's lap, you can't do that these days, but him, and Santa would ask you, have you been good? And you'd have to sort of, I've been okay. But him, some part of me, I sort of wish I could go back there a little bit to Santa. And, and he asks that question, because he doesn't ask me that question so much. Um, have you been good? And I'll say, Santa, probably not. I haven't been that good. But him, it's quite hard to be good all the time for 364 days until the last Christmas. There's temptation and challenges and there's things happening. It's, it's hard to be good all the time. But even if I had been good, then, then this by nature wouldn't be a gift. Because a gift is something you give to someone despite whether they've earned it or not. In fact, if, it, if I had to be good all the time, it wouldn't be a gift. It would be like a salary or a wage. But a gift is something you give to someone because of how you value them. And I've decided I'd like it. So stop asking me your stupid questions and give me my present. <laughs> but that's a bit what it's, what it's like with Jesus. That um, he gives you the gift. And like any Christmas gift... It's not based on the fact that I've got everything together because I really haven't, that I look the part or say the part or know all the songs, even when we get the words wrong, or anything like that. It's that um, he loves you. And he wants to give you 
the gift, the gift that satisfies, the gift of Jesus. Um, I've talked for much too long, but um, what might you want to do with this? A few things. Maybe you want to say a simple prayer and ask Jesus to come and be with you this Christmas. And we run something at our church called Alpha. It's a series of, of 11 sessions, um, but you can just come to the first one. We start on Wednesday, the 22nd of January. We do it in the morning at 9.45 and in the evening at 7 o'clock. Um, maybe you want to come to the first one and check it out. It's just exploring the Christian faith to work out whether that might have any relevance to you and your life today. Or maybe you've come with a Christian friend, you want to have a chat. Otherwise, you might want to come and join us again. We're here every Sunday, um, 10 o'clock and 4.30. But um, what might it be for you this year to open this, this little gift a little bit more? I mean, imagine if each one of us, in amongst the excitement, the fanaticism, the spending, the striving, and for some of us, the struggle of Christmas. Imagine if we open the present that really does satisfy Jesus, who gives us hope for eternity, who gives us relationship in the now, and gives us peace for a relationship with him. Imagine what Christmas in 2020 could be like.